Welcome to Sit Down with Sky and Amanda, where we're navigating a divisive world in a mixed orientation marriage. On this podcast, we are faith affirming first. On today's episode, how can we disagree with each other without disparaging each other? What are best practices for personal relationships and online advocacy? Also, we'll be taking your questions at the end of the episode. All that and more on today's episode of Sit Down with Sky and Amanda. taking questions at the end well we are should be exciting yeah we're starting (laughs) i don't know i always feel like we should just start with us kind of chatting (laughs) being silly gooses (laughs) maybe i I regret saying that i regret everything (laughs) you said gooses (laughs) silly geese (laughs) (laughs) so weird Silly geese. <laughs> Probably because that's not a thing. That's not a thing. It's silly gooses. <laughs> but you made fun of me for saying that. I know. <laughs> Nothing sounds right. We are not serious people. <clears throat> but we're, ta- we're talking about a serious topic today. <laughs> um, welcome everyone to the podcast. I regret everything, but we're going to continue on do here. Re- do you regret marrying me? No, of course not. <laughs> he said he regretted everything. Set to check because <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, wow. I said mature, but I meant to say secure. That's in our marriage. I am secure in our marriage. Usually, I write it's down just a joke. Our. I'm just gonna move on. Usually, I write down some announcements, but I didn't. Um, but my audiobook should be out soon. I keep saying that, and then it's not. But I'll update on that. Um, but yeah, if you haven't purchased my book and would like to it's available um oh also if you i posted this on instagram if you pre-ordered the book on amazon you will likely have to cancel the order and reorder for some reason all of them on amazon pre-order um i've just heard from i don't know if it's everyone but i've just heard from a few different people who pre-ordered on amazon and then never received it and so they had to um cancel and reorder and my publisher reached out and also let me know that that is a thing. So if that is you, um, just go on Amazon, cancel that, and reorder. And I'm sorry, but it wasn't my fault. Stupid <laughs> so I'm not Amazon. Sorry. Amazon is sorry, I'm sure. <laughs> so anyway, you can do that. And yeah, no other... Oh, we are going to be at... We are um, going to be at the the Fair LDS conference on august um oh i should have looked it up third or fourth whatever the saturday is or the friday <laughs> the, the friday yes the friday at that's the fourth so august 4th at 11 i believe um i posted it on our instagram so double check me on that but we are going to be um presenting doing kind of a panel type thing with the mansfields ty and danielle mansfield who are also in mixed orientation marriage and are really awesome. So um, I believe you can purchase streaming rights for that, or you can um, purchase tickets if you want to go. It's in Provo at a conference center there. So look forward to that. Um, Let's get into the topic without further ado. I don't really know what that means, but it's French (laughs) and it sounds cool. (laughs) Don't yawn. It's late. It is. Remy was having some issues, so we're starting a lot later than usual. 
Okay, so yeah, today's topic is something that I think about a lot um, because I am on social media a lot, unfortunately, <laughs> posting things um, related to what we do on the podcast. And th- this is such an internal struggle for me. Even today, I, I posted something about a... So there was a, an article out of BYU Daily Universe, the publication. And it was about an organization called Encircle. They're an LGBTQ organization. And they are very much on the LGBTQ side and not faith-affirming. So, I mean, I, I'm sure they do good things, positive things, but are also very much not in line with the the teachings, you know, the gospel, the the commandments, and more about affirming LGBTQ without any sort of um, religious component. So it's it's very much on the more worldly side. But there's an article written by uh, Daily Universe that was very positive about the organization. And so I posted something just to, to kind of give a different perspective of how I think that can be very confusing, having like having a very mixed message, especially for younger Latter-day Saints. I think it could be very confusing seeing a church-adjacent organization promoting an organization that is very out of sync with the goals and the mission of BYU and of the church. And so I, I posted that, and it's always such an, an internal battle for me, posting something that can be potentially controversial. Because I don't, like, despite what some people think, I really do not like the the pushback. Like, I don't like... You don't like being a provocateur. Yeah. Like, some people... That's not your purpose in this. Or, I mean, your intention. <laughs> because I post things that are controversial... Some people assume that I enjoy that, like I like stoking the fire, but it's very much the opposite. <laughs> like I'm always complaining to you or texting you just about how nervous I am and and like I, I really didn't want to post this, but I just thought it was important. That's always the dynamic is I really don't want to post this, but I feel like it's really important and um, and so I'm going to. And it's, it's, a, it's, I don't know, it's a balance because you don't want to be intentionally provocative, but in order to stand up for truth, you're going to say things that some people find provocative <clears throat> just because yeah. that's the nature of truth in a fallen world. It's, it's not always popular. And that's, that's a balance I'm trying to always strike and kind of the topic for today. That was kind of a long winded intro but anything to add there nope just gonna snuggle up in your blankie there yeah i'm kind of (laughs) cold okay so to start off here we just want to make the the distinction between um like online advocacy and then personal interactions both referencing when we talk about or when we're addressing controversial things it's gonna be a lot different talking with somebody face to face, especially if it's a loved one, that's gonna be a really different dynamic than what you would do if you're just generally advocating for the gospel online. Yeah, usually when you're advocating for the gospel online, you're just kind of posting a a statement, something that 
you feel is important and you're not really having a conversation. It's it's a lot harder to, you know, have conversations that are clear online because people will type something up like a comment or a direct message or whatever and it's really easy to interpret things different than how the person meant them. Yeah, and I I would also say that when you are posting online, like there's there's kind of different goals. You might be trying to either convince the other person of something or just have like a meaningful conversation with one person. But also you always most of the time, unless it's a direct message, you have an audience. And so like keeping that in mind where not not every interaction online your goal should be to just convince that person. A lot of times you are just acting as kind of a beacon of truth and like a beacon of, I guess, a call to arms or like, because courage is contagious. And so if if someone sees someone being courageous, they are going to want to do the same. So a lot of the time mm-hmm. it's not just, I'm going to try and convince this person of something. It's you're going to invite them. Like that's what we're called to do is to invite but then also hopefully stand as a beacon of, again, courage to those who are going to see your content. Like there's there's kind of different goals than just a, a personal interaction where it's a lot more, I mean, personalized where you're listening to them more and trying to understand where they're coming from and really seek to understand that before addressing your concerns or like your your departure from what they're saying or disagreements it's just i don't know we just wanted to start with that distinction how those two those two things are are different yeah i think too one important thing to keep in mind like one tip i guess when you're dealing with people online is to do your best to because you it's it's a lot harder to understand someone's motives online because your interactions are so limited you know but just try to keep like give people the benefit of the doubt and try and assume that their motives are the most you know generous I mean I can't say that I came up with this term because I didn't but try and give their motives the most generous interpretation as you can Mm mm-hmm I believe that's a Jordan Petersonism. I think. Or is it Ben Shapiro? I think it's Jordan Peterson talks about. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they they both might. Other people. I've heard Ben Shapiro say it, but okay, uh, it, I, I'm not saying that he did. He, maybe he got it from Jordan Peterson. <laughs> maybe so, but either way, it it is a good, um, good standard to have. Being able to um, articulate the other person's point in a way that they would accept as their own that like if if you say okay so what you're saying is xyz they need to say yes that's correct before you move on Mm -hmm. not only is that just good practice in being able to like have a cordial conversation but it's also going to be more effective because if you understand their point you can better address your concerns with it or your departure from what they're saying because, I mean, if, if you just like the term is straw man, if you create a straw man of their argument, 
meaning you like create the dumbed down version of what they're saying, your points are like how you address what they're saying is going to be completely off and your points are not going to be as effective. And then also they're going to be upset because you're not understanding them and it's not going to go anywhere. And so it's best to build up what they're saying, have the most generous interpretation of, of their point, and then say, okay, I understand that. Here's where we differ. And this is why I see things differently. I think that's important. I, I think it's important for online interactions, but also in-person interactions as well. Just all of our interactions. Mm-hmm. When you disagree with someone, it, it's an important practice to have. And it's something you kind of see the reverse of that in media a lot where there will be the least generous interpretation. I mean, you see it on social media, too. Like you'll say, I like apples and that will be your controversial opinion. (laughs) And then someone will comment and say, oh, so what you're saying is you hate oranges and you wish oranges would die. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I didn't realize you had so much hatred against oranges. (laughs) According to the people on the internet. Right. Yeah. But that's like, that's really, I mean, it's a silly example, but that's really how it goes a lot of the time. They'll say, this is my opinion. And then they'll give the least generous interpretation. So a, a good example, this week there has been controversy about a new curriculum for schools in Florida, specifically regarding slavery. So there was a specific line in it that talked about how slaves developed skills that they were able to to use later on in life. And so the, 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 the cynical interpretation of that line and kind of the decontextualized interpretation and something that a lot of media outlets ran with was the claim that this curriculum was, I guess, justifying slavery in some way or saying that it was a good thing for slaves. Whereas the generous interpretation, or in my opinion, the most accurate interpretation when you look at it within the context of the whole curriculum, was that despite being in such a horrible situation, slaves were able to make the best of their situation and still better themselves and learn skills so really it was it was like a story of of resilience of the slaves. It was to bolster up and and talk about how re- resilient they were and how amazing they were to be able to to persevere. And so I think that's the most accurate interpretation, but that's that, that's not what the media ran with and so yeah, what you see is is headlines that undoubtedly get attention like it it was a national conversation and news outlets got lots of clicks and lots of money from ad revenue (laughs) but we didn't we didn't have a productive conversation because one side was giving the the worst possible interpretation and then the other side is just having to frantically try and defend and say no we that's not what we're saying anyway it's just an example that has happened recently well i think it's it's really common and it's human nature to vilify the side that you disagree with in order to make yourself feel better about having the opinion that you do you know Mm -hmm. kind of like yeah it just makes you feel good like oh see that person's such a bad person 
I'm a good person for having the beliefs that I do. I think that's really common. Yeah. It's like the easier thing to do. Because if if you can boil down the other person's argument to something that is a lot easier to retort, then it's, I mean, it's a lot easier. Then it's like the path of least resistance. So they give their opinion. You kind of dumb it down. And then you're kind of having two separate conversations. Like you are critiquing something that doesn't exist. It's something that they're not even saying. And then they get frustrated and then it goes nowhere. So it ends up being the more difficult thing in the end because then you're just both left feeling frustrated. But initially, it's the easiest thing to do is to like bolster up your side of it and strengthen your side of the argument. But then give, again, the least charitable definition or interpretation of what the other person is saying. Well, and I, I mean... Just by nature of being human, we don't really like dealing with like gray area. And so if you can boil something down to being really black and white, like my opinion's right. I'm a better person. This person's wrong. They're not as good of a person. (laughs) Then that makes it really easy for our, our brain that wants to compartment like put things in neat little compartments, but that's not always the case. You know, sometimes you're having tough conversations and sometimes the people that you talk to really do have a a valid reason for feeling the way that they do. It doesn't mean that you have to adopt that necessarily, but it just means like it's a lot harder to have conversations because you can't just boil it down to to being black. I mean, there are things that are black and white, but there are things too that don't have a necessarily a really easy answer to. Yeah. And, and that's true. Like it it is difficult to, like it takes mental energy to really grapple with something in a more nuanced way where you are willing to like concede the, the points of that the other person is making that are valid within the argument itself. Like even, even if the core of their conclusion is incorrect, there are going to be certain things about like where they got to that conclusion that are going to be true. And it's easier to just like discredit all of it, throw the baby out with a bathwater and just say the entirety of what you're saying is incorrect rather than parsing out what is true within what they're saying. It's a lot harder thing to do. And again, path of least resistance, we're usually going to want to, like you said, see things in more black and white and and just say, I am totally right and you are totally wrong. I mean, again, it's, it's not to say that like with specific issues, a lot of times there is a, a black and white right and wrong. Mm-hmm. But within the conversation, there's still going to be different nuances of of little snippets of truth within what they're saying, regardless of if their conclusion is right or wrong. Right. It could be like a truth taken to an extreme, like in excess, you know, there's a lot of, you know, different ways that that kind of shows up. I think it really takes skill to... Like, be humble and stay humble and present in those, like, conversations to try and understand, you know, what they're saying 
and then be able to parse out everything. But again, not ascribing motive in those. Yeah, it's it's hard, especially when so when we're when we're dealing with high stake issues, a lot of the time people on either side feel justified using whatever tactic like the 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 ends justify the means. So if your ends are so great, like if what you're advocating for is so good and of high stakes, then you're justified doing whatever it takes to get people on your side. That's kind of the idea. Whereas we like on either side, we believe in things. I mean, either side, there are many sides, but of different issues, but we all believe in things with high stakes. That's that's why we believe them. But that doesn't mean that we're justified doing being nasty and cruel in order to make our points. Just like even if we have truth on our side, we're not justified doing whatever it takes to let truth prevail, if that makes sense. So like for a specific example, on the one side with with parents specifically, I'm going to talk about parents who have children who are expressing signs of gender confusion and put the ch- put their child on the path of of transition. Someone in that situation has put a really high stake in their ideology. So if they are if they turn out to be wrong, like if 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 you really can't change your gender or if it's really not healthy for the child, which I I don't believe it is, but they if they were to concede that point, they would also be conceding something really terrible that they did. And I, I believe in most most cases, parents who put their children on, on the path of transitioning are doing so with good intentions. But again, if, if they were to concede that they were wrong, uh, they would also have to concede that they did something pretty... Uh, like potentially harmful yeah. to their child. Yeah, so they have a lot of like a lot of incentive to to uphold their ideology, whatever it takes. And that's just like one example. We all have, again, things where a lot of times, I mean, we have high stakes. We, we believe in high stakes, the gospel, the covenant path. That's a really high stake, like eternal joy and happiness. That's a, that's a tremendously high stake. And some members of the church use that as as a moral justification to be cruel and to be tactless and to do whatever it takes to get people on our side which is sad like we we we're just alienating people i think when we do that when we are being cruel and nasty and feeling justified cuz we have truth on our side what we're really doing is is putting a barrier between other people and gospel truth and you are standing as a barrier and i think this goes back to president nelson's most recent conference address where he talks about being a peacemaker i don't think necessarily that means you can't have these hard conversations i don't think it means that you can't oh <laughs> sorry you can't she, she bumped her mic <laughs> People, people don't know what's going yeah, on. I'm sorry. See, I bumped so my to... mic and it hit me in the face and, or something. I don't even remember. 
It's been too many minutes. I think people's imaginations run wild if you just say, oh, oh no, oh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> now I lost my train of thought. Oh, President Nelson's conference address. And yeah, so I don't think it means that we can't disagree with people. Right. Like, we need to have these conversations. They're important to have. Um, and I think it's a skill that we lack in our society quite a bit. Um, I think we, a lot of us grew up thinking that disagreeing was evil and of the devil. I don't know if (laughs) anyone else can, can feel me on that one, but I kind of grew up with this idea. And so a lot of times it led me to just like conceding on a lot of things that I, I don't really agree with, but for the sake of quote unquote peacekeeping, I just kind of let it slide or let it happen i feel like there was something else i was gonna say but it just slipped my brain oh sad it kind of related but i felt like it related to what you were saying if it comes back you can interrupt me oh it did come back <laughs> interrupt me then it did i am okay go ahead <laughs> so it's not, it's not interrupting if i let you go <laughs> i know if you literally <laughs> okay i'm gonna start talking and then you can pipe in okay skylar stop oh. talking okay sorry go <laughs> why are we dumb <laughs> Why are we so weird? (laughs) Anyways, so I think a lot of what President Nelson meant, and maybe maybe I'm wrong in thinking this, but I don't think he necessarily said we can't have these conversations. I think more so he's talking about what are the tactics that we're using? What are the ways that we're approaching these conversations? Doesn't really matter the tactics of people who are trying to destroy the truth. Yeah, they're sometimes nasty and evil, but that doesn't mean we have to respond in kind. Um, We can respond in a Christ-like manner while still standing up for truth, while still allowing these conversations to happen because they are important. It is a skill that we need to have. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I even struggled with that idea to this day. There's There are dynamics in my life with different people where... I like where someone who has political beliefs that don't align with mine will be very vocal and like very proud to voice their opinion. And then if if I bring up my side, it's hard because if if I address what they're saying from my perspective, if if I bring up my perspective, then I'm kind of taking on the role of aggressor kind of like not saying that that's what they believe but i i feel like the aggressor because i'm addressing the other side <laughs> i'm not like rude in in my addressing but it's hard when you're in that dynamic where you want to provide your pers- perspective but you don't want to always be the one to do so or like to to stoke division or mm-hmm bring up the the other side and potentially start an argument so i don't know it's a it's a balance to find and one that i wrestle with quite a bit and i think also it's important to know at what point a conversation is no longer productive where either you or the person you're speaking with are too heated that you neither of you can listen I don't know, I'm thinking of like different scenarios that could come up, but you do want to 
protect your relationship. You don't want things like this to become a big issue in your relationship and damage the relationship. You you have to find a fine it's a fine line and to it's a fine balance to strike. Is that the phrase? I think it's a fine line. It's a it's a, a delicate balance. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it is too late for me to be talking right now. <laughs> It's a delicate balance. It's a to hard strike. balance to strike. Yeah. The reason, like a lot of the time in, in these interactions with people in my life, the reason that I want to to provide the other side is mostly because of our children. Like I want to create an environment where they don't only hear one side of an issue or for a lot in a lot of cases where we don't have these divisive political conversations when they're young. So a lot of times it's it's me just saying, can we talk about something else? Or like that that will be what, what happens when our children are old enough. But there's there's kind of two sides of it where sometimes uh, members of the church, I think specifically more conservative members who are a little bit more like conflict averse, they sometimes believe that in order to love someone in order to like have some sort of reconciliation we need to concede their points or not provide the other side but then on on the flip side a lot of times people will believe that conceding or or like coming to some sort of reconciliation or trying to find things that like common ground that is the same thing as conceding a point which is not true either just because you are wanting to like maintain a relationship with someone or or say what do we agree on or like how can we find some sort of common ground that doesn't mean that you're conceding what the person is saying or being less uh like standing for truth less <laughs> like it's not that it's not the most passionate opinion or the most passionate person wins it's it's the truth wins and sometimes we're on the side of truth and sometimes we're not but I think a lot of times it, it turns into the loudest opinion or the the one who can shout the loudest is right. And that's that's not the case. And it especially on social media happens. It's it's hard to have meaningful conversations. Anything else before we move to taking questions? I don't really have anything. Okay, let's take a few questions here. Um this first one is for both of us. It says tips for newlyweds. I'm getting married in December. We're 28 and 30 and thrilled. It feels surreal. Well, congratulations on the marriage. The the marriage. I don't know why I said that so weird. I was going to say wedding and then marriage and they they mixed. Yeah, that's very exciting. What advice would you have? You're the font of wisdom. Oh my gosh, that is not true. Man, I'm like trying to think of things that are broad enough to like apply to anyone because everyone's so unique in their own marriage that I'm like, what works for us? Like, what are the principles that I can pull out of what worked for us that could apply to anyone? Not just because we're in a mixed orientation marriage, but just because we're two unique individuals. And I, I, even like, I feel weird saying we're in a mixed orientation marriage. Like we're just in a marriage. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't really feel that different we we use that mixed orientation marriage just because 
we talk about these things and it's a way of explaining our it's situation like the easiest way quickly. to explain it and i'm like i don't have an issue with the, the the term but it just feels a little bit foreign because i don't feel like our marriage is so vastly different from everyone else's that like it mm-hmm. it deserves a qualifier i don't know yeah that's I, I that's the point i was trying to make is i'm not saying that our marriage is like super unique because it's a mixed orientation marriage that i mean i know it is like i know there are dynamics that are pretty unique but they're like all good for the most part and i don't know maybe let's circle back to the question that they actually i know i know i was just gonna say advice Um, for newlyweds go ahead i think communication it sounds so cliche but just learning how to communicate the thing that's Okay, maybe this is like too exposing, but it's my own thing and I don't really care because I'm an open book. But I have a hard time communicating clearly when I'm feeling like shame or sad or any like sort of negative emotion. So I think knowing those things about yourself and like being humble and talking about things when you are feeling those negative emotions is really helpful yeah that, that's that been for us and for me specifically it's been i think for both of us we've, we've talked about this it is for <laughs> both of us but the thing that has caused the most tension in our marriage i would say is our individual insecurities and mm-hmm. like lack of confidence in ourself Spe- yeah. specifically for me like my lack of confidence early on, especially in early on in our marriage, just my lack of confidence in like myself as a man and my masculinity and in my role as a husband and father, like my lack of confidence caused some issues. And it was like it, it just came down to me needing to address my issues in order for our relationship to thrive. And I think that's pretty, like, that's pretty universal, can, can apply to everyone, especially early on in a marriage, you're, you're, you're cultivating, like, you're starting something that's very fresh and very new. It's, it's a hard transition a lot of the time. And like you said, open communication. Yeah. Uh, one thing I thought of going, like, a little deeper into communication, a lot of times we'll have issues because I'm, like, expecting something. Like, I have this expectation that doesn't get met and so i think communicating that is really important and communicating like when you're in the middle of like maybe a heated conversation just saying i'm feeling this i just want you to know (laughs) like let's get back to the the original conversation i just wanted you to know that like i have this feeling let's not dive into it right now let's resolve this issue and then maybe we can go talk about this issue i don't know yep another question here will preston ever be back (laughs) Oh my gosh, I know. Will Preston ever be back so you guys can stop having to listen to my <laughs> annoying voice? That's not what they were meaning. I'm just kidding. But he does do a lot better job on a lot of things than I do. So <laughs> we're different people. You're different people. You have different strengths. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I mean, he's no. Not a silly, he's not a silly goose like me. <laughs> not Not a silly geese. Not a silly geese. <laughs> we don't have any plans for... For them to come back just because... They moved out of state. They, they moved out of state. Um, He's going to school. He's really busy. Yeah. I, I'm not like 
not closing that door completely. I mean, at some point, even if it's just for an episode or something, I'm so something could happen, but we, we, we don't currently have any plans there. Um, I mean, yeah, living their life and, um, having their baby very soon, which is exciting for them. So yeah, we, we miss them dear, we dearly do. because they're our good friends Yeah, and yeah, they're great. Uh, name all your exes. I think that was one of the, I think that's one of the questions that the oh. app just puts out. <laughs> yes, Skyler, let's hear your long list of exes. Um, and we're done. <laughs> are you ever, this is for me, I guess. Are you ever tempted to pursue a same sex relationship? How do you handle that temptation? I don't know if I ever had like the legitimate temptation to actually pursue a same sex relationship that directly it it was just never something that like because i had a belief in testimony in in the gospel despite my fears and like insecurities and worries and and all that i still i like i always believed or understood that following the precepts of the gospel was going to be in my best interest and so like in moment of we moments of weakness I, i i didn't always fully remember that or like comprehend that but that was always like a guiding force in my life and so I never had a really strong temptation to actively pursue a relationship with a man if that makes sense just a man duh that's right that's that, our favorite joke joke comes that back. joke is hilarious <laughs> you married a man duh oh, it's, it's it's comedy gold it's comedy gold you cannot deny it <laughs> how was your day today that's a question that we got with a with a cowboy emoji my day was pretty good just worked (laughs) how was your day amanda meh yeah i didn't feel good today i'm sorry actually i knew that and i already said i'm sorry but i'm gonna say for the audience now (laughs) yeah so you look like a really good husband (laughs) okay last question how has the book of mormon strengthened you and your conversion to christ For me, the Book of Mormon is where I learned about Christ. There was, I mean, obviously I grew up going to church and learning from the Bible, Book of Mormon, and Doctrine and Covenants. But it's like the first book that like I really dug in and learned about Jesus Christ. I remember my first experience in seminary was the Book of Mormon. That was like my first year of seminary. We were studying the Book of Mormon. And our teacher had us do this like five minute, 10 minute study every day with a partner that like that we were sitting next to someone different. I swear it was someone different like every day. And we would go through and read, I don't know, a page or two and circle or underline all of the times that it referenced Jesus Christ. And so that was really big for me because that was like my introduction. That was kind of when I like actually started like taking church and the gospel seriously because before it was just kind of like that was what we did. But once I started seminary, I like started to like want to know if it was true. And and that was like the gateway, the gateway drug. Book of Mormon is the gateway drug. (laughs) That's a great way to put it. (laughs) Yeah, I would say, I mean, same for me. I, for me, it's, I, I haven't studied the Book of Mormon as deeply as, as I would like to admit. I like obviously still understand its message and importance 
and and all of that. But for me, it's more of it's more of like the I don't know. I'm just like a more logical person, so it's more of the chain of logic for me that that makes sense. Where if the Book of Mormon is is true and like an actual what what it claims to be, then that means that the gospel is is the restored gospel is is true and Joseph Smith was a prophet and that kind of chain of of succession. So I that that's what it that's its significance more in my life. It's it's the medium for me to have developed a testimony in the restored gospel but also just like the insights of like you said of who our our savior is how he responded to different interactions with people is all just very helpful for me to understand who our savior is and better understand how i can be more like him because that's that's the whole name of the game you might say <laughs> she just did finger guns to me <laughs> you don't need to tell them every single thing if, I do well there's a slight pause so I felt like I needed to but anyway that'll do it for today um, if you have not followed us on social media I, I post on there I also have a sub stack where I post different articles that I write about different issues related to these, um, these topics LGBTQ and the church Uh, You can follow me there. We hope to see some of you at the um, FAIR LDS conference. Otherwise, um, if not, we will see you in the next episode. We won't see you, but we will talk to you and you will listen with your ears. You will listen (laughs) with your ears. I'm glad you told them what to listen with. (laughs) Anyway, we'll see you in the next one. (laughs) 